It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 327 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Diablo Art. It is October 1st, 2021, and this is Jen. So I'm going to start off with the update to one of the Blizzard lawsuits, or Blizzard Activision, Activision Blizzard, those, those lawsuits that I've been mentioning in nearly every show lately because there's so many to talk about. Just recently, uh, Activision Blizzard strike uh, struck a, well, I'm gonna, The Verge has an article, Activision Blizzard strikes $18 million settlement with U.S. Employment Watchdog, says it will also upgrade its training and reporting procedures. Now, this sounds like maybe it could be a good thing, but it turns out it's not really a good thing for the employees. So I'm going to read you a little bit from The Verge article. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, and Activision Blizzard have settled a lawsuit over the games company's allegedly pervasive sexual harassment and discrimination. The news follows an EEOC suit filed Monday in California court that was based on a three-year investigation, including cooperation from the game's publisher. As As part of the settlement, Activision Blizzard will create an $18 million fund to compensate employees who claim damages. And the Verge article mentions the Wall Street Journal reported last week that there was settlement talks with the EEOC. There's a lot of little quotes in this thing. And yeah, so um, the uh, looks like Activision Blizzard said in a statement it was actively engaged in continued discussions with the EEOC. In its complaint, the EEOC says it notified the company of its findings on June 15th after launching an investigation in September of 2018, then engaged in, quote, extensive conciliation discussions, which is so corporate speak, holy cow, with Activision Blizzard. In addition to establishing the fund for restitution, the company agrees to cease any discriminatory practices, a position Activision Blizzard has committed to in past statements, doesn't mean they're doing it, uh, retains a consultant to ensure compliance, upgrade its training and performance review processes to prevent future offenses, and submit to future EEOC audits. So this is, you know, they're not completely off the hook yet, but they created an $18 million fund to compensate employees who claim damages. And I'll get into more of that a little bit later. There's a quote here from Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek, who says any unclaimed funds will go toward nonprofit organizations that focus on, quote, advancing women in the video game and tech sectors, end quote, or promoting awareness of gender, gender quality, gender quality, by promoting awareness of gender quality. I think that's a typo. I think it was supposed to say equality or toward future diversity and inclusion investment. So the, the Verge points out this doesn't mean it's over. Activision Blizzard has a lot of lawsuits going on at the same time. So this is just the EEOC complaint, which sounds like it's kind of settled, but based on what we, you know, I just read here in The Verge, uh, the EEOC can do audits in the future of this to make sure that Activision Blizzard is actually going to do what it 
you know, agreed to. Yeah, so there's there's more. Uh, there's um, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. That one's, you know, they've sued Activision Blizzard. The company, Activision Blizzard's investors have sued Activision Blizzard. The campaign to organize digital employees has uh, got some kind of lawsuit in there as well. And the Securities and Exchange Commission is investigating the company. So they're not... You know, this does not mean everything's cool with Activision Blizzard and they don't have to worry about any more lawsuits. They've got plenty of lawsuits that they have to worry about still that are still in progress. And the, it looks like the EEOC is, in fact, going to check up on them with future audits, making sure that this isn't just, oh, yeah, we're going to build this little fund here and we're going to do right. Yeah, are you really? They're going to check. The EEOC is going to check on Activision Blizzard whenever it wants to, apparently. Kotaku's also got an article um, that says Activision Blizzard settles with Federal Employment Agency for $18 million, and they have an update. Apparently what happened, and I heard this from Nineball on West March Workshop, I think, but others have mentioned it too all over Twitter, was that there was a there was something on social media about you know the EEOC saying that they were gonna like do something and were talking to Activision Blizzard and then like an hour later there was a press release that indicated they reached an agreement to settle, which is kind of weird overall. You know, it just it's kind of weird. I don't know. It just like it seemed really quick. I mean, obviously, it wasn't like the EEOC had just posted that lawsuit or started that lawsuit that day. I mean, it had been ongoing. That's not the weird part. The weird part was how quickly they came to a settlement. And I have no idea exactly how that went down because usually don't find out much information about the specifics of those things. So that's a thing right there. That is a thing. There is a press release on Business Wire, which posts a bunch of press releases. It's titled Activision Blizzard commits to expanded workplace initiatives, reaches agreement with the EEOC. The company will also develop tools and training programs to assist efforts to improve workplace experiences. And it's just a bunch of jargon in here mostly. And some stuff that's already been mentioned in the other articles there. IGN also, they've been uh, really talking about the whole lawsuit collection, I guess. Uh, Anyway, uh, for a while, and they're talking about this. There's not a whole lot new to the IGN article, um, but they did say that they mentioned the EEOC thing and the press release and all this. Um, it says the deal will see a third-party equal consultant review, uh, a third-party equal consultant review Activision Blizzard's new initiatives. In the meantime, any money not given as compensation will be divided into. We already mentioned that, or I already mentioned that in here. It's been mentioned in other blog posts from different news sources and stuff. And you know, at first glance, you're, you're like, you might be like, okay, you know, eighteen million dollars. That's that's a lot. That might be a good thing, but it's not really a lot, actually. <laughs> it's really not compared to how much you know Activision Blizzard makes. Yeah, there's a lot of settlement here. So we've got an article here from, looks like, Invez. I don't know much about this, but it has something to do with stocks, I think. And it says that the, the SOC Investment Group expresses skepticism on Activision Blizzard's settlement with the EEOC, as many of us are expressing skepticism on that. Um, So this article here says that uh, 
do, do, do. Okay, so we already know. There's a little paragraph explaining just what this is. And following the settlement, S, uh, SOC Investment Group's director uh, had some stuff to say. And you know what? I think I might actually have that in front of me here. Now that's the same thing. Mm, okay. Well, I'll just read this. Following the settlement... SOC Investment Group's Executive Director Dieter Vassenager said the settlement left shareholders with many questions. In his statement, he noted, We believe that retaining an external equal opportunity consultant subject to EEOC approval and committing to hire an internal equal opportunity officer are potential steps forward, but until qualified people fill these positions, it is unclear how they will be empowered to help Activision Blizzard change its toxic workplace culture. Uh, He also says the toxic workplace at Activision Blizzard speaks to the failure of its board and urges the company to appoint new leadership to address these systemic issues, that's in quotes, to and regain the confidence of its shareholders. He also says the company should skip bonus payments to executives this year and charge a penalty on executives found in abusive practice. He added, we urge the board and executives to consult with employees about new policies to reverse toxic workplace culture, a critical component of the success of any such program. Uh, According to this, Activision Blizzard stock was down more than 25% in the stock market from its year-to-date high in mid-February. Then we have on Twitter, uh, Code-CWA, which is a campaign to organize digital employees in tech. And that's their Twitter account. Yeah, so they wrote, $18 million is a slap in the face to workers considering that Activision Blizzard is worth $72 billion and workers dealt with toxic working conditions for years. The SEC and NLRB, which is the National Labor Relations Board, and California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing must choose to truly hold Activision Blizzard accountable on behalf of the company's 10K workers. And there's a statement in here that comes from the New York Times probably similar to what the rest of them were saying and the uh, code cwa also continues in a tweet it says it's time for real accountability for bad corporate actors workers deserve as much and as much and so much more they have a quote Uh, This is their quote. Yesterday's insufficient EEOC settlement made it clear that the thousands of Activision Blizzard workers who have suffered from years of toxic workplace misconduct on behalf of Activision Blizzard will not receive true justice. Activision Blizzard is worth $72 billion. An $18 million settlement is mere pennies considering the resources available to this cash-rich corporation. Even worse, Activision Blizzard's management does not acknowledge that their actions harmed their workers. Viewing the settlement as a very small price to pay to rid themselves of a, quote, distraction. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has sent a message that corporate bad actors will not be held accountable for their abusive workers. We hope enforcement staff at the SEC, NLRB, and California DFEH are paying attention and choose to truly hold Activision Blizzard accountable on behalf of the company's 10,000 workers. This is a quote from Sarah Steffens, Secretary-Treasurer of the Communications Work of America. So there's that. And then Axios has something in here, which I'll put all this into the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com. I don't think there's that much new in here um, than the other stuff, but if you want like a really short description of things, Axios is a pretty good place to start. There's a person on Twitter 
going by at share the dev who has a C-H-E-R, like the singer, share, um, and has worked for Blizzard before. And she wrote this. I just got my hands on the consent decree from the EEOC that Activision Blizzard signed and no victims with DFEH should sign this consent. This releases your claim and considers the matters the matter resolved. However, the 18, point, uh, 18 million is for all employees since September 1st, 2016. This is pennies. She continues... There are many, many things to be concerned about in this decree and leaves me wondering if we can even trust EEOC. The bulk of victims were prior to September 2016 and out of five uh, $5 billion liquid funds for that volume of employees, including employees who participated in the harm. Makes me wonder why uh, US EEOC, uh, they tagged the Twitter account for EEOC, seems to be helping Activision make this go away while giving actual victims what is essentially nothing, let alone what we've actually lost in wages due to retaliation and discrimination. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's that, you know? I mean, that's something. Meanwhile, Bungie, another video gaming company, has set out um, a post uh, called Diversity and Inclusion Learnings and Updates, and the key point in here, if I can find it real quick, I'm hoping to, let's see. So they have some things that they're going to do. And one of these things is, um, well, I'll just read you a couple of them. We believe that leadership must model our commitment to an inclusive and diverse work environment. As of 2021, members of underrepresented communities comprise 50% of Bungie's board of directors. In addition, four of the nine representatives of Bungie's executive team are women or members of underrepresented communities. We've hired a chief people officer to strengthen our team. It's Holly Barbakovi, who brings with her a track record of commitment to DNI and initiatives there's a few other things in here and the key one that people are really seeming to uh connect with in this is this one we will be eliminating the mandatory arbitration clause in all our employee agreements given the growing concern that arbitration may not be the fairest way to resolve employment complaints there's other stuff in here but that one's pretty good okay and the reason i'm bringing this up is that as soon as this you know, went out on social media, on Twitter anyway. A lot of people were saying, and I don't know how many, I sound like I sound like Trump, a lot of people were saying, but, you know, many people mentioned that uh, if Bungie could get rid of the mandatory arbitration clause, then why can't Activision Blizzard do it too? For those of you that don't know what a mandatory arbitration clause is or what it does, basically, in short, it's like this. If you are a person at a workplace and you have been harassed in one way or another, you have been discriminated against for, you know, in terms of pay, in terms of uh, moving up in the company, you know, any of these kinds of things, you are not allowed to sue your company because when you signed on with them, you signed that you would accept the mandatory arbitration clause. And what that does is it sidesteps any attempt you could possibly have wanted to or needed to make that has to do with actual legislation and judges and you know lawsuits and stuff on your own behalf. And instead you have to go through the mandatory arbitration clause. And when this happens, from what I've read from many, many things, not just Activision Blizzard stuff, but when that happens, you don't get represented by a lawyer to protect you or to stand up for you in the mandatory arbitration clause meeting, I guess. And you are not allowed to talk about it, the outcome of it. You might not be allowed to talk about that you even were involved in one. 
and there's an outside group selected by the head of you know, the company selects an outside group to defend themselves and to pick a side basically and they almost always go with the company instead of the worker so that's what arbitrary or mandatory arbitration clauses do to people so um to get rid of that bungee getting rid of rid of that is a really good thing because it's abusive to workers because they have almost no chance of getting you know recompense for their injuries basically so it is valid to suggest that Activision Blizzard should be getting rid of theirs as well. On the Shattered Soulstone Twitter account, I've been retweeting a better Ubisoft, which is at a better Ubisoft, and they're kind of a kindred spirit to a better ABK, which is the workers from Activision Blizzard King. And they have been asking people who signed the Ubisoft, a letter to Ubisoft management and want to share their reasons for doing so anonymously, they've been taking in those quotes and posting them publicly. And so I've been retweeting them because it sounds to me like a lot of stuff that's been going on in Activision Blizzard has been going on in Ubisoft. And so a better Ubisoft is trying to push for, you know, better worker treatment which is reasonable. You know, you shouldn't be abused in your workplace no matter who you are. So, yeah. And um, one of the most recent ones that I posted was a quote from an anonymous person who had signed that open letter to Ubisoft management. And the quote says, an Ubisoft HR director told a victim, it's not sexual harassment. It only happened three times. That kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's got to stop. So it's nice to see that Bungie is doing something I mean, I think this is like, this is your goal, other video gaming companies, is to do better by your employees. And here's a vivid example of it sitting right there. So there we are. And now I'm going to move on to more Diablo-focused stuff. So um, West March Workshop had a uh, video up on Twitch. Uh, I caught it live. I just happened to catch it. It's episode 218 called Launches and Lawsuits. And so you can kind of figure out, you know, what that's about. It was really entertaining. Uh, Nineball uh, had a lot of information in there. It was pretty cool. So um, you can check that out on Twitch for sure. It's probably on, might be on BlizzPro as well, but you'll find it one way or the other. And then I've got a lot of tweets here from the Diablo account. Now you might remember that a not that long ago, maybe last episode I was talking about this, where there was like a filter on Instagram that can turn your face into Diablo. It's now accessible on Snapchat as well if you'd like to use the Diablo 2 AR filter. So you can do that on Snapchat. Send it to your friends, freak them out, you know, whatever. And then there's all this like art stuff that popped up in the last week that wasn't necessarily created in the last week, but all this like blizzard related art and it's not necessarily coming from the company but i think some of it is the diablo account has been posting photos of two people wearing black leather jackets and one of them it shows the back of the jacket which has a it's got like the head of the dark wanderer with the crack in the skull and the hood and all of that and the other one on the side it's got the two for diablo 2 that kind of logo these are all done in black and white and there's a little pentagram on the top of the shoulder of the black leather jacket. And I have no idea if this is just an art thing or if somebody actually made these and is selling them. There's no indication of where you can buy one if you were so inclined. But it's just kind of, it's interesting. And they've used like sort of red lighting to sort of highlight the people that are in it. So that there's a, a woman facing 
away from the camera so you could see the dark wanderer on the back of her jacket and a guy looking at the camera and his face is all red and off to the side of her, like part of her side is all red from, you know, just kind of being a Diablo thing, I guess. It's all a little weird. I don't know if these exist or if they're just a mock-up, but someone out there probably wants one. And in addition, um, the Diablo account has been posting some things from Diablo 2 and... They wrote, good morning to all except the fallen shaman. And it's got a D2 character here with the fallen coming at them. And they they kill one and another, you know, there's a little burst of flames and another one pops up and they kill another one. It just keeps going because that's what happens when you fight and there's a fallen shaman in the way, making more monsters to attack you, which you can either find amusing or you can be annoyed by because you could get overrun with these little guys. But what I tend to do since I've been playing... Diablo 2 is a barbarian. What I tend to do is, um, you know, kill a few of these and then sidestep, sidestep them and go right for the source, the fallen shaman. So, but they're annoying, so I get why. But it's it's just like a six-second little clip that the Diablo account posted. They also posted another little thing from Diablo 2 Resurrected. And it says, uh, and it's like a script. It says, Akara, please help us, you. And there's a Diablo 2 character walking around sort of following a chicken <laughs> instead, you know, <laughs> which I thought was kind of amusing. And here's, here's a whole bunch of art other than the leather, the leather jackets that I was talking about. Different people who have worked on uh, Blizzard stuff in one capacity or another, are showing pictures of the art they made mostly for Diablo 2. So we have uh, a Twitter account, uh, Radian Vlasov, and he shows his mock-ups of a council member. It's an in-game model he made while working as a freelancer for Blizzard Entertainment on the Diablo 2 Resurrected game. So it's this, like creepy humanoid-like but also very demonic-looking creature with horns and a demon-looking head and a very long arm for some reason. Like, half his body is kind of gray and scaly and the, the foot on that body has, like, two toes with really long talons coming out of them. And the other side, some of it is kind of human-looking, but, like, this really long arm is on the demon side, and I, I'm not really sure exactly how that works, but it's cool, and it's very detailed, so that's kind of neat. And then there's also so many other ones. Uh, someone named, um, going by at Pixels Salty, said, 20-year-old um, pencil sketch of the druid werewolf on vellum, scanned and colored. We gave the original sketch to a fan. I didn't realize just how legendary this game would become. I'm very grateful to have worked on Diablo 2 uh, Resurrected and Lord of Destruction. And there's a picture of the sketch. And uh, there's a name highlighted, so I'm assuming that's possibly him. And it's it's a really neat sketch. It's It's... Yeah, it's, it's definitely the Druid Werewolf, and it's kind of like reddish, and it's got some humanoid figure aspects to it, and really long claws, and it's kind of cool. So, I mean, it's all this cool art that you wouldn't have seen, you know, before the release of the game, I suppose. Someone um, named At Bilius has uh, official key art created for uh, Diablo II Resurrected, and it's Mephisto, so it's got a close-up look of at you know, the top portion of Mephisto with the horns and everything. And uh, it's 
highlighted in a way where you can see part of him, but some of him is receding into shadow, and it's got the Diablo II resurrected logo underneath, which is kind of neat. Someone named Kevin Cassidy uh, showed a picture of the Prime Evils and wrote, My Diablo II redesigned fan art, and so it's it's Diablo and Mephisto, and oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the other one right now. Ah, um... I'll remember this like 10 minutes after I'm done recording the show, but I'll put all the links in the show notes. You can check them out. This is like some of the coolest art I've seen in a while. Back to Bilius, there's um, Bale. That's who the other one must have been, uh, Bale. So there's art of Bale that you've probably seen in a video or watching a streamer go through that part of Diablo 2 Resurrected recently. And so that's there with the Diablo 2 logo underneath it. It's very detailed. Um, there's a person going by Vertex Snapper on Twitter who says one of the first creatures you face in Diablo 2 Resurrected is the Quill Rat. So Vertex Snapper says, as a fun fact, I made both this model for remaster and the model that has been shown running around in Diablo 4. I hope everyone is enjoying the game. And there's four different pictures of the Quill Rat in there. Which is kind of, I mean, you, you do run into that pretty quickly in D2. There's a guy named Hossein Diba at Hossein Diba Art. And he is showing off the sorceress model that he made for Diablo 2 Resurrected while working with Blizzard. He says, she is one of my favorite characters and I hope you like it. So there is a couple of very uh, detailed looks at the sorceress model on a gray background, just sort of looking directly out at the viewer and holding uh, some kind of staff that's kind of glowy. Then there's a side-by-side of the original Diablo II Sorceress and the new one. And then there's a full body of, of the Sorceress. So you can see the armor that she's wearing and stuff like that. It's really good. It's, it's really, really good. And then there's like a, a profile shot kind of thing. So very nicely done. Uh, in addition, uh, back to Vertex Snapper, they posted uh, some shots of fetish sha- the Fetish Shaman model from Diablo II Resurrected and says thanks to Mike French- Franchina for the fantastic concept to work off of. And so you've got these two little, you know, like Fetish Shaman, like if you've played D3, you've seen the little fetishes, fetishes that the Witch Doctor uses. And they've got one that's sort of like supporting the other one on his head. And the one on, on his head has like a little blow dart and a big pike to come after you with, I suppose. <laughs> They're kind of weird and interesting. And then we have actual costumes. Now, I'm not sure if this is intended for cosplay or Halloween, but maybe both. Why not? So a person going by the at Mega Marines has made a barbarian outfit and has shown a couple of photos of, I assume, himself wearing it. So he's got the uh, he's got a, a barbarian with a horned helmet that is covering his entire face. And maybe they're the same, like uh, bracers on his arm. He's got one shoulder item attached and the uh around his hips are uh looks like a bag and a like the head of a skull of a little like i don't know like a goat or something and some other stuff holding on like a belt that's probably part of the belt and there's like red and black sort of ripped cloth from there and then there's like leg guards and boots and he's carrying this huge axe that has blood over the front of it and there's two photos and so the second photo, he's got the axe up on his shoulder, like behind the helmet and stuff. And he's holding up a phone and um, it's really well done. I think you'd have to have to pull this off, not making it, but wearing it. You'd have to 
probably be as in shape as this person appears to be to look like a you know muscular barbarian but I guess you wouldn't necessarily have to, but it looks really cool. And I don't know if he was planning on going to like a con with it, you know, as like a cosplay or just going to go do something at Halloween. I don't know, but it looks really neat. And then someone named uh, who goes by Hench Wench, Wench Makes has um, put it, posted a few shots of the Tyrael cosplay that they made uh, for... Um, the uh, Blizzard, looks like Australia, New Zealand, uh, to celebrate the release of Diablo II Resurrection. It's a Tyrael costume, and it's got glowy lights coming out of it. And it's extremely well done. Uh, Hench Wench says, This was such a whirlwind, huge project for us, and definitely the most complex costume we've ever made. Those wings aren't photoshopped either. And so there's like these very glowing wires coming out of the back of Tyrael in a way that would look like the wings, and the rest of it is perfect. It's like the armor looks real. It's shiny. It's got all of the details that you would expect. Tyrael's holding his sword uh, in this, and there's you know blackness under the hood, so you can't see a face, which is about right. And then they've they've seemed to have taken uh, photos of whomever's wearing this outfit. Um, you know, Tyrael here standing outside what looks like a church somewhere, and then inside a church where it's extremely glowy because there's like a darkness behind him with a stained glass window up in the top of the church, and it's just super cool. And I'm always impressed by art that people can do. But maybe the one that surprised me the most is one that Rod Ferguson posted. He did not make this art, but he found it, and it's an Etch-a-Sketch drawing. It's a little video of an Etch-a-Sketch drawing that's been sped up and the person who's using the Etch-A-Sketch has put in the Diablo 2 logo and then starts drawing the Dark Wanderer around it and then goes back and adds like shadows and allows for highlights and things like this. And it's going super, super fast because it's a sped up video, but I have never seen anyone do something like this on an Etch-A-Sketch. So it's worth checking out. I mean, this is, I don't know how long it took because this is a sped up video and I don't know if this was a first take for this person or if this was, you know, however long of practice took to get everything right. But he had to like go over certain lines again and again in order to not ruin it. And that's just, it's amazing. So go see that person's art. They obviously put a lot of effort into it. And there's also recently, um, so the uh, Carbot has been making little cartoons about the Diablo games and other Blizzard games and possibly some other stuff as well. And they released one called the Lord of Destruction opening cinematic. And it, it, it features, um, you know, exactly what you would expect. It's designed to look like that part of the game. And instead of it just being sort of a mock-up of the same thing, they decided to make it a musical. So it's got a crossover between that part of the Diablo 2, you know, uh, Lord of Destruction thing, the beginning part, that video, and the song from Aladdin. <laughs> and it's really weird, but it's fun. So check that out if you have a moment. And from here, I've got like a bunch of different class builds and things for you to check out if you don't know what to play in Diablo 2, or if you don't know what to play next, or whatever, the official Blizzard uh, Diablo website, I guess I'm going to say, has posted something called Diablo 2 Resurrected Class Guide Showcase featuring Debrunsky 125. And so you can see, 
you know, what's in here. Um, they collaborated with him and gathered his tips and tricks to prepare your upcoming epic adventures in Diablo 2 Resurrected. This was posted on September 27th on their website, uh, the, the Blizzard Diablo website. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's uh, class guides for the Barbarian, Assassin, Amazon, Sorceress, Paladin, Druid, and Necromancer. And there are videos in here for each of those where Dabrunsky is talking about, you know, like one's a frenzy barb, one's a whirlwind barb. Uh, there's two for the assassin. There's two for the Amazon. There's two for the sorceress, two for the paladin, two for the druid, two for the necromancer. So whatever you want to play, there's at least two builds for each one represented in this series of videos that is all on the Diablo website. You know, something in there you may find interesting to play, but it's pretty cool. And, you know, it's awesome that the Diablo teams highlighted someone from the community that's making all of these videos together with them, you know, and I think that's really neat to kind of highlight someone that's doing some good work here. Wolfcryer also has a how-to video and he posted it on YouTube and it's, uh, I think it's titled, let me see if I can find the title, Resurrected Farming Pindle Skin for Super Fast Gold EXP and probably more. So that's on YouTube if you want to see that. And then Maxroll's got a bunch of different uh, builds and things. So they've got um, the secret cow level. They have a guide to the secret cow level. You can check out if you want to go to the secret cow level. They've got one for a beginner friendly lightning sentry assassin guide. That's another one. This is all D2 resurrected stuff. There's one for the druid fire to wind starter guide by Phineas B. Oh, I'm sorry. That's from Pure Diablo. I've got them mixed up a bit. But yeah, they have that one. Pure Diablo and Maxwell have been doing a lot of different guides. So if you don't like the ones I'm mentioning, you may find one you like over at either of those websites. Maxwell has a um, lightning fury slash charge strike Amazon, a.k.a. Javazon. And they have a... Uh, versatile Amazon build from Midnightmare difficulty onwards, and it's a guide, so you can follow along with that if you choose to. In addition, uh, to round out the show, we do have some patch notes and updates and things from the Diablo team themselves, and so one of them was posted on, let's see, September 27th, and it has to do with, uh, with PC stuff, uh, if you're playing on a PC. There's some basic changes in here. It wasn't a whole lot in the note itself, but if you want to share your feedback, you can post in the Diablo 2 Resurrected Forum, which they have now. There's a place to put bug reports. There's a technical support forum. They have fixed an issue where the minimap would overlap with prior sessions minimaps, which, wow, how on earth did that happen? <laughs> you know, I haven't seen it, but wow, okay. Um, there was also a bug fix for stability and performance. They fixed numerous related miscellaneous bugs that would cause user clients to crash and you know you know you don't want things crashing but um yeah that's what those were about and then there's more okay on the on september 30 there's a diablo 2 resurrected ladder and patch update and this is written by Huli, and he wrote, In August, we shared that ladder rank play in Diablo 2 Resurrected would be available post-launch. We made this decision because we wanted to give players a fair chance to partake in the first season's race on an equal playing field, especially if there were launch stability issues that, that could impose this competitive experience. I might have mentioned this before, um, but it says, uh, to skip ahead a little bit, 
Um, we'll be launching the first season of Ladder Rank Play with a handful of critical bug fixes to ensure this competitive experience is smooth at the beginning of this exciting event. As soon as we have a firmer gauge on timing, we'll update the community so players will have more than enough time to prepare for their ladder journeys. So that's how ladders are going uh, right now. And then there is um, there's a console bug report if you're playing on a console, if you're playing Diablo 2 Resurrected on a console. And there's a whole bunch of things that have already been added in here. There's someone that, uh, I'm not going to word it the way they did, but it appears that they were playing a sorceress and their items had gotten deleted. And then they, um, they're uh, you know, standing in hell with a naked sorceress and no gear, no nothing. And they're very unhappy about that situation. Obviously, they, they would be. There's one from... The Nintendo Switch, apparently the repair all, when you go to the blacksmith Charcy to repair all and you like push down on the one little controller thing, it, you know, she'll repair everything for a reasonable price. Apparently it doesn't work very well on the Nintendo uh, Switch. Somebody lost all of their shared stash items on the PS5. There's a paladin bug on the PS5. There's a mercenary aura bug. What on earth is that? My mercenary changes from aura to aura when on different difficulties. Originally bought as holy freeze. On in hell they use defiance, in nightmare they use holy freeze, and in normal they use defiance. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a weird thing to have happen as well. Uh, someone else on the PS5 slash PS4 says items in the stash are disappearing randomly. <laughs> so that's a thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people talking about items in the shared stash being deleted. Cube items not identified with Kane? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. This person says identifying items by talking to Kane should also identify items inside the cube. I play on Switch in case this is a console specific issue. Uh, someone says, uh, someone, I don't know what that other person was talking about. There's an FCR bug on PS5. I don't know what an FCR bug is, but somebody found one of those. Yeah, map incorrect display bug. Game crashing completely. All of this is from the last uh, day or so, actually, from the looks of when this was posted. Duriel attacks character during load screen. <laughs> That's a thing, apparently. <laughs> On PS4 Act 2. You know, there you go. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is so ridiculous, not because I'm, like, making fun of the people who are having these problems. But, yeah, here's character deleted. I uh, wonder what happened there. It's a console bug report. Uh, I was playing last night and my connection got interrupted and disconnected me from Battle.net. When I connected back on my online, my online character was gone. I tried uh, restarting Battle.net, creating a new character and all the other tricks it says online to try to get it back, but I've been unsuccessful. It's now been 15 hours since it's disappeared and I haven't been able to get it back. I've spent countless hours on this character. Please help me recover it. I had a level 60 Javazon in Act 3 of Hell. I'm so upset and disappointed in this game. Wow. Uh, somebody's having trouble finding people in matchmaking. No NPC audio dialogue on Switch. So I guess you're reading it <laughs> instead of hearing it. Uh, PS5 system crashes. Uh, Xbox One multiplayer problems. Xbox uh, Bug report Xbox One. I'm playing on an Xbox S and I'm playing solo, so I don't have these problems so far. Someone's not happy about the lobby chat. I'm not sure exactly which one they're talking about. Losing charges on hotbar on weapon switch. That could be a thing. Body with no items. I died, and when I was trying to loot my corpse, it was empty. Please help me. 
Someone asks, how many times did you die? I've noticed that when I die multiple times in an area, the game keeps all of my previous corpses, so naturally all of the newer corpses wouldn't have anything. So maybe that's not a bug if they've been dying a lot. I don't know. Main character disappeared. A lot of people seem to be having problems with that one. Uh, died on load screen. My level 41 sorceress, hardcore, died while stuck in a load screen going into the Forgotten Tower. And they're really unhappy about this. I'm not going to read the rest of what they wrote right there, but holy cow. Controller disconnecting. Let's see what that's connected to. Um, Xbox Series X is randomly disconnecting when playing Diablo 2 Resurrected on console. Just a lot. Not allowing any character name. Just downloaded and tried to start a new online character. No matter what I write, the system will not accept any name. Oh my goodness. Okay, so consoles are having it real bad. That's for sure. That's a thing. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, if that's you, if you're having these kinds of issues and you're playing on a console of one kind or another and you want to see if anybody else had that problem, you, there'll be a link in the show notes where you can find this and see you know, what's happening on, on console. For many, many people, it appears. And that's going to be the end of the show. I'm going to close it out right now. Hope you enjoyed uh, listening to all of this randomness that I've put in. I mean, it all relates to Blizzard, Activision, and or Diablo, so it kind of works. Um, yeah, so you've been listening to episode 327 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your thoughts, contributions, questions, and feedback to our Twitter at Shattered Stone or Facebook, facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone. Thank you for listening.